Light a campfire and everyone's a storyteller. Join us for some thought-provoking and beyond fireside chats. Welcome to Leave Our World a Better Place. My name is Kasha and today I'm joined by Jules Harding, lead singer of the award-winning South African band Good Luck. Good Luck recently played a live concert at NB on Pinter Private Game Reserve, and Jules is here to tell us how this concept came about and what went into the planning and execution to ensure that the event was done sensitively and appropriately for its magnificent natural setting. She will also speak about the conservation initiatives that benefited, as well as giving us some behind-the-scenes insights into what's next for the band. much for joining us to talk about the performance that Good Luck did at Pinda over the past weekend. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. Thank you. It's so lovely to be chatting to you. Great. Now, Good Luck has performed on stages all across Africa, Asia, and Europe, but last weekend was a little bit of a departure for you, something out of the usual, playing unplugged in the middle of the African bush. Wow. Very, very different. Uh, kind of felt like one of those once-in-a-lifetime opportunities, and uh, it was... Honestly, one of the most special things that we've ever had the privilege to do. I think for many reasons, not only was it great that we got to perform, you know, in South Africa um, at one of the most prestigious game reserves in the world, but also that we were raising money for two fantastic causes. And just to bring music into that environment and that setting was a, a big honor for us. And we had a phenomenal time. From what I've heard and seen, it was absolutely amazing. Can you talk a little bit about where the idea to do this came from and how you came to work with and beyond Pinda? As a band, we've always been very inspired by the outdoors. It's always kind of crept into our music one way or another. In 2015, we had this idea of taking our studio and making it mobile and taking it outside. And we actually ended up recording an album across Namibia to all these different locations around Namibia, a recording in places like Dead Flay, Sauces Flay, Etosha, the, the Salt Pan. And, and we, we incorporated all the sounds that we'd recorded from the environment into the music. some awards with that project. We were invited to speak at Amsterdam Dance Event on how to incorporate natural sounds into dance music. And we had all of these kind of incredible feedbacks that came from that experience. And then, yeah, I think just that's where the theme just continued for us. You know, we've always been very conscious of nature and nature's crept into a lot of our music and, and a lot of our songwriting. So this idea when we when we came up with it with a Pinder team, it was kind of a natural fit for us. We'd also been 
through lockdown and through coronavirus, we had the privilege of making our first up-close acoustic album, which we haven't really had the opportunity to perform in too many places because it's quite a big band. And um, we had this idea of bringing that album and yeah. launching that album essentially at Pinder and doing it in a very special way. And at the same time, of course, trying to find a conservation project that we could get behind with with a strong message. So, yeah, the whole thing just kind of came together very organically. But I think for us, nature has always been a very strong theme in our music. Absolutely. Does that mean we might be hearing some of the Pinder frogs on one of your upcoming <laughs> tracks? <laughs> Uh, maybe or the or the lion wow we heard the lion uh, roaring mm -hmm. when we were on one of the game drives and um it was literally like the, the most incredible mm. sound i mean we couldn't believe the decibel level that comes out of this animal yeah. you know it's like it's overwhelming so i i think when I, i was watching ben our producer his face when the lion was roaring and i could see he was thinking well this could be like a bass line <laughs> or something yeah it's, it is an amazing sound you actually feel it just as much as you hear it yeah exactly so you, you mentioned your new yeah. album up close and the sort of more paired back and acoustic sound that that you've got on that do you think that actually lent itself into playing a venue like Like Pinda more than some of your earlier productions? I think it is a it's a better fit. It's you know, it's a more natural fit because obviously acoustic music is more gentle. So you don't have to throw the volume up whereas when we're performing live electronic music, obviously it's very much about dancing and dance floors and um, when you're out in nature, you obviously want to be respectful to the space and respectful to the animals, essentially. So I think that the fact that we could bring it down in volume and we didn't have to, mm. you know, pump the volume in a, in an environment like that was very important. So, yeah, I think acoustic definitely fits better. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, I think it's not saying that we can't also use our live electronic music to create awareness in other ways, you know. But I think that in 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 that setting, it was it was way more appropriate, and it was very intimate also for the guests. Mm, Not a lot of people can afford the opportunity to experience something as incredible as and beyond Pinda. You know, it's it's very very luxurious experience, mm. and so for those guests to have that intimate experience with the band, I think was very special and and very well fitted. See, I was there waiting for summer, waiting for you. Waiting for me, and I was on my own while you were there. Waiting for summer, all by the sea. And I can't imagine why we're still a part of this. talked about respect for the setting. That's a very important element of it, especially in that ancient sand forest around Pinder Forest Lodge where you guys were. What did it feel like to probably be the first band that's ever played there? You know, can you speak a little bit about the night itself and the performance? It was absolutely magical. You know, I actually had no idea how special that sand forest was until I got there. 
uh, learning about mm. how it, it came into being, how old it is, how delicate it is, how fragile an ecosystem it is. To be able to play our music there, I think, was well, once in a lifetime, really. And and it was a huge privilege for us to be the first band. I think we're the first band to perform a concert under those trees. Maybe not. Uh, maybe there were some traditional yeah. musicians at one point playing there. But to be the first kind of uh, modern band to play through a sound system and and have an audience and all of that kind of thing was just, it was a phenomenal experience. You can't really explain how magical it was. We had this light drizzle on the night, but it was like beautiful. It was just coating, very lightly touching our skin. And and then we had the fires going and the, the lanterns, mm-hmm. the candles all through the trees. And it looked like a fairy forest wonderland. And then the band was there playing the music to this dead quiet audience. I've never heard an audience so quiet before they were just absorbed in every single Mm. sound and piece of music and every single word and you know for us to have that kind of attention and that kind of engagement was very special it's something that I will never forget and I don't think any of the musicians will forget as long as they live that sounds absolutely magical and as fantastic as it is, you know, you did mention that Good Luck is a pretty big band and it can't have been easy setting up a performance in the middle of nowhere. No. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine the logistics. What were some of those logistics, the challenges that come with doing such a small gig in such a remote setting? You hit the nail on the head. It is it is definitely challenging trying to organize something, uh, you know, in this way. There were 12 of us, first of all, traveling up from Cape Town. So, uh, just that in itself was quite a lot to organize. All the musicians have different instruments. As we're performing as an acoustic band, everybody's got to pretty much bring up their own instruments. So there's a lot of equipment that comes with us. And then we endeavor to to basically handle the setup and sound and everything with our team. So Justin, who is our tour manager and, and head of our mm-hmm. technical he had an incredibly uh, big job to actually set everything up for the show and make sure it sounded good. The lighting, the staging, the the sound. And so he was working very, very hard. He, he says he got one less day at Pinder because of it. <laughs> <laughs> so he was, shame, very stretched and very uh, and, and working very hard. But yeah. at the end of the day, he pulled it off, you know. Yeah. And I think I'm very proud of him because we managed to – save a little bit of money and that goes back into conservation. So that's fantastic. Whatever we save, we put back into helping, you know, with the two projects that we were supporting. Speaking about the projects and about the actual team at Pinda, you know, you, you did you did get a bit of time to spend with the team there, getting to know the reserve, the conservation project, the wildlife management that goes into it. I think as South Africans, that's often the kind of behind the scenes glimpse that we never get and that we might take quite a lot of it for granted. Did you see stuff that you hadn't previously been aware of? Did it make you look at game reserves with different eyes? Absolutely. There's there's always so much to unpack and understand. I think I didn't realize how many people are working at Pinder solely sort of focused on conservation and preservation of the different animals species and the animal kingdom that we we just kind of assume kind of survives perfectly without any a human understanding or intervention. And when I saw how many people actually work there and for the team that are solely focused on conservation, I realized how big a focus it is for the group. We learned so much. I mean, cheapers, the, the, the guides that we had just know endless facts about, you know, the environment, the plant species, the animal species, what, how things work in synergy with, with each other, how fragile and delicate the balance is. And if you upset one thing, you can... Uh, completely 
destroy an entire ecosystem just by having one thing be affected, you know? So it, it is definitely a big eye-opener for us. We learned a lot, but uh, I think my biggest lesson was just how much of a focus this is for the Ambient Panda team. It's, it seems to be pretty much all about conservation and making sure that we have something to leave to our children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren. Now, you actually got to experience some of the conservation projects that the concert goes towards. Can you tell me about the experience that you had with the pangolin conservation team and the pangolin that was being released? Wow, what an incredible thing to do. I mean, <laughs> I felt a bit guilty, actually, because, you know, there are many people in the world who have just dreamed of seeing or being in any way close to a pangolin. And, you know, they one of the most, the shyest animals in the animal kingdom. And so many people just spend their whole lives hoping to see one, you know, and the fact that we got to be part of this program, which is essentially rescuing animals or confiscating animals sometimes that are in difficult situations or that are being traded or that are being trafficked and then releasing them back into their natural habitat um, in a very, very delicate way. The fact that we got to actually witness that was something that I, I feel I feel beyond privileged you know I don't know what we did to actually deserve that credit but it was a beautiful thing to witness and it it's it's so sensitively treated you know because they are the most targeted and trafficked animals in the world and I don't think that the general public generally understand how bad the situation is with pangolins, you know, because they are so curious and they're so shy and they're not really, they're not like the lions, you know, they're not like as evocative as a lion, mm -hmm. shall we say, but they are just yeah. there and they are really just struggling. And it was so amazing to see this little pangolin going about her daily grind because yes. that's what it is, yeah. you know, they... They feed on termites. They they mission around trying to eat the different insects that they that they do, and um, they're very advanced little creatures. Like I didn't know this about pangolins, but they can't they have a long tongue that they can't actually mm. grab with their two hands. So if they need to clean their tongue, the only way they can do it is they tie their own tongue in a knot, and then they pull their tongue through the knot, and then it cleans itself. Oh, so they're wow. like amazing little creatures, you know, and 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 they yet they are so targeted and so trafficked worldwide. And it's very sad when you get to see one in real life, your heart just goes, how on earth could anyone want to mm. eat this? It's it's bizarre to me, you know? Yeah. So to be there to to facilitate one back into exactly. the wild was a huge honor. We're very lucky. <laughs> Fantastic. While you were there with the band, I believe that you very generously did another private performance for the Pinder team, for the Lodge team and the conservation team while you were there. Can you tell me a little bit about mm. that and about some of the people that you were you met while you were there? Oh, yes. I mean, that was a very impromptu thing, you know, after we'd done the show. And I'd seen mm. some of the staff were hanging around the back and watching what they could of the show. Mm. But, you know, the, the Pender staff are world class. So they are very respectful of the guests. And, um, you know, everything is handled mm. in a very gentle and uh, just a very beautiful way you know so they they were not were not going to ever encroach on the concert or come and and get too involved so for us we you know we 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 know it's been a very difficult year for a lot of them a lot of them have had to go months without working because of covid um it's obviously hampered their industry as much as it has ours and so we wanted to just 
do something for the staff and give them a little private show. And so we did, and and we did it totally differently. We did like a more of a, like a DJ set, which is a bit more dancey. had uh, the, the band members come and join us like here and there where they can't where they just wanted to but it was like completely impromptu we'd never played that gig before and they were just kind of improvising <laughs> and um we had so much fun mm-hmm. i think it was just an opportunity for the game rangers the bartenders the cleaners the cooks everyone who's involved in pinder to just let their hair down a little bit and have a bit of a bit of a break you know from what has been a very difficult year. Yeah. And um, we got to meet some phenomenal people, you know, everyone, everyone is important there. And you really get a sense that the staff have been handpicked for their personalities. The cook was my bestie by the end of the trip, you know, and she was would come out every night and she could just tell she loves what she does and her food is her mm. passion and she puts her entire heart and soul into it and she would come out and crack some jokes and tell us what was on the menu and and then just serve this beautiful amazing food so we yeah we got to meet so many different people I also really got the sense that no one person is more or less important than anyone else everyone is important there like the guy the security work walking you to your room is as important as the manager you know and I think it's like a wonderful spirit that you can Mm. really feel at Pinda where everyone is treated with respect and treats the guests, you know, also incredibly well. It's very much a family feeling at Pinda, and I'm pretty certain that by now good luck is part of the family. I hope so. I hope <laughs> so. We would love to go back. All of the friends that we've met there, I think uh, we had within such a short space of time, we've created some beautiful bonds and I'm sure that we will connect with them again. If not there, then certainly like when they come to Cape Town. And I think that easy way that you connected, is, it speaks to a lot about some of the the shared values or the sort of synergies between Good Luck and the and Beyond brand. Yes, I think so. You know, we also have a very open and a very wonderful connection with everyone who we work with. And I think that both of our brands are very conscious. We care about people. We care about, you know, the planet. And we, I think we just, we just care, you know, <laughs> in general, that's the the word that I'm, this may be the center word. Mm-hmm. We all just, we all actually, it's yeah. it's important to us that we have, leave a good legacy, you know, and I think our, the, the brand, the Ambient brand and the Good Luck brand are really a, mm. a great fit. And I hope we get to do a lot more adventures with the team. Absolutely. We definitely hope so too. Having had this whole weekend experience with us, I know it's not really fair to ask, but do you have something that you consider the highlight of your trip or, or the highlights of, of the time that you spent there? Besides the gig, because I think for me, the show was really special and very magical. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd say for me, I'd, I've, yeah. I'd never seen, okay, I'm going to say besides the trip and besides the pangolin, because the pangolin was also pretty incredible. I'd never seen a leopard before and I got, mm-hmm. we got to, we got to see a a leopard sighting in the evening, which was this female leopard walking back to her territory. She was just walking on the road and we followed her for about 25 minutes, which is like ridiculous. 
she just was Mm -hmm. so relaxed and so she was on her mission and she didn't, you know, really mind that we were there. And I, that was very Mm -hmm. uncharacteristic behavior for a leopard. They're normally very scared and nervous and they they run away, but she was just in a good mood, I think. And she walked along the road Mm -hmm. for 25 minutes. We got to just gently trail behind her with the red filter spotlight and yeah. it was ridiculously amazing. I've I've never been that close to sighting a leopard and yeah, I'm very happy that I got to do that. Yeah. That really is amazing. And I think leopard is not one of the things that that Pinda was was always really well known for. And the team there have worked really, really hard to learn more about their leopards, research them and accustom them to vehicles. So I think that's a really amazing fact that you managed to have that sighting. We are so lucky. We are so lucky. I think the only thing that would have won up that for me is maybe some leopard cubs, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, maybe next time. Well, we we <laughs> always have to leave you with something to come back for. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Now, Jules, you mentioned, it's a bit of a more sober note now, but you, you did mention the difficulties that COVID has brought for the music industry, like it did to the travel industry and so many others. Given the difficulties that you've been through in the past year and a half, What's next for good luck? Where where's the band heading? Yeah, well, it's been a it has. You're so right. It's been it's been a very difficult time. I think I think 2020, you know, we were very kind of gung ho about um, doing what we could to make the best of a bad situation and give back to the communities around us. We raised half a million rand for feeding programs in the first month, and we we did mm. everything we could to kind of keep our industry going. We were hosting live streaming concerts for us and other artists at our studio, you know, and just really pushing, pushing, pushing. But 2021 has been much more difficult because it's it, it nothing has come back in a sense mm-hmm. and things are still looking very uh, very unsure you know and it's what i think is the biggest challenge for the music industry is that there's so many other industries connected to it and on the daily um we are watching as some of our best people get poached mm-hmm. by other countries to move overseas to go work in dubai or in europe and you know we're, in the eventing industry we were losing quite a lot of good people yeah. so for us it's been it's been very difficult to watch this unfold it's been very difficult as well because we've had to get creative as to how mm-hmm. we we work and where we focus our attention kind of understanding that because because gigs mean pretty much 95% of our income and that's dried up you know we've had to figure out other ways of of earning a living so it's been it's been enormous pressure and i think the next mm-hmm. chapter for us is really just it's kind of twofold i think it's it's launching a mm-hmm. couple of ideas that we've had on on the on the side that we are looking to now uh, release and we've been working on and they they're very exciting and hopefully we'll mount to something really wonderful and then also the band has got a bunch of music that we've been recording so we've got more music coming out mm-hmm. uh, we're hoping to tour again as soon as we can uh, that's still very uncertain though and yeah and i think at the moment we are still very much in the thick of it there is no kind of obvious way forward and there's no end in sight as of yet but it is encouraging yeah. to see countries like america starting to come back online a little bit and people are starting to go to festivals again and that is like gives us a bit of hope but in south africa mm-hmm. unfortunately we're still sitting not sure of what's going on <laughs> so yeah it's uh, it's been a, it's been tough like you said a bit more sobering but we we can only do what we can and stay strong and stay hopeful and yeah. I asked her honestly, how'd you keep the shimmer that was in her eye? Oh, find the energy. 
Especially in this context, thank you so much to you and the band for giving up your time, for coming on this adventure with us and for raising money towards conservation. It is very, very much appreciated. And thank you also for your time to come and talk to me. Thank you so much. And thank you so much to Ambiand and to Pinda for the opportunity. I think um, it's so wonderful that we can that we can do this and, and help raise some awareness and some funds for conservation. But also, I have to say, for the band, it was a much-needed break from reality. And we are very grateful for the opportunity to have been there and experienced that. It is the best thing you can do with your time. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. So hopefully we'll be back <laughs> and doing doing it again. I'm so, so glad to hear that you guys really enjoyed the experience and we definitely hope to have you back with us sometime soon. Thank you for listening to Leave Our World a Better Place. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you'd like to find out more about And Beyond, please log on to our website at andbeyond.com.